Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, welcome to episode 18 of the Pro Wrestling Index on the Anfield Index Podcast Network. We have a great show scheduled tonight and a great guest joining Mo Chatra and myself. I'm Matt Topolsky, and thanks to everybody around the world for listening to the Pro Wrestling Index. I'd like to welcome back my co-commentating colleague, as always, Mo Chatra. Mo, how are you feeling after Liverpool and Arsenal yesterday at Anfield? (laughs) <laughs> exhausted Matt absolutely exhausted it was uh, an incredible game probably the best game of uh, the Premier League this season um, real roller coaster emotions looked like we were going to win then it looked like we were going to lose and then we salvaged the draw at the end um, so uh, just a, a grueling experience and I'm still trying to recover from it one day later what a wild ride man yeah, wow. yeah, they they like to put us through these kind of things, don't they? They do indeed. The uh, the cardiac kids. That's what I'm going to start mm. calling them. Um, well, hey, listen, everybody, we have somebody else joining Mo and I on the Pro Wrestling Index this week. He is not only a thorn in my side every week on the reality of wrestling. He's also my co-commentating colleague on Your Opinion Doesn't Matter at OpinionPodcast.com, the Entertainment World Champion. Yes, Brad Gilmore. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? You know. Shout out to LFC for being close to winning a game. Shout out to y'all. Listen to this heel heat he's building. You know, uh, what, what, what did Billy Bob Thornton say in Bad News Bears? It's like a tie's a lot like kissing your sister, but given how many injuries y'all have, it's like kissing a stepsister. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit better. Listen to this guy. <laughs> Goodness. Likes Ready. to make friends, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, um, welcome back to the show, Jack. He's got a puke. <laughs> Uh, we have a lot to talk about this week on the index, so we're going to get right into it, guys. Uh, the news about Daniel Bryan circling around the internet. First, it began earlier in the week, uh, on a Reddit message board where somebody had leaked information claiming that they worked within the HR department at World Wrestling Entertainment saying that come January the 18th, Daniel Bryan was scheduled to be released from World Wrestling Entertainment. An official at WWE retorted saying that, um, and I was surprised that WWE even responded to these claims, which is intriguing, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But WWE responded, uh, an official there, and said that there was no truth at all to the content of the letter. So uh, they denied that the letter was true, but they did not deny that there may be some legs here. We all know the story of Daniel Bryan. All of our listeners know the story of Daniel Bryan, obviously, uh we have been waiting anxiously for over a year to see this guy return to in-ring action. And uh, as it stands right now, uh, to add some context to this, Daniel Bryan has two and a half years remaining on his existing contract with WWE. We don't know if he'll be cleared for the Royal Rumble. We don't know if he'll even be cleared for WrestleMania. What do you believe the future holds for Daniel Bryan and WWE? Mo, I'll start with you. Well, it's all looking very uncertain for Daniel Bryan in the WWE. Um... He's clearly been itching to get back, and it's, it's very much like a, a Liverpool football club Daniel Sturridge situation where Sturridge reckons he's fit to come back and return, and he tweeted as much, and the club is saying, no, we don't think you are ready. And it's the same kind of thing with the WWE. Daniel Bryan and his doctor are saying, Daniel's fine, he's fit, he's ready to go. WWE is saying, no, he isn't. Um, and, you know, the talk uh, at the moment is is that apparently there's some sort of impasse between WWE and Daniel Bryan. Clearly, all is not well at a time when they've got such a depleted roster with so many top acts out uh, with injuries and other sorts of things. Um, they could really do with Daniel Bryan. But the fact he's not on TV and hasn't been on TV for a long time, 
um, suggests there is a problem between both parties. I personally don't see how this ends well. Um, WWE these days is ultra cautious about um, concussions. And we know that Daniel Bryan during his career has had numerous concussions. And even if he were to return, given his history, I wouldn't be surprised if it was only a matter of time before he sustained another um, issue uh, regarding his brain. So I think long term, Daniel Bryan will end up out of the WWE and he'll head back to the independent scene into Japan. And that would be just a crying shame because, you know, he's been one of the breakout acts in the WWE of the last several years and has been super over in the last two years. Um, and that would just be devastating for the fan base because of every talent on the, on the roster, he's probably the most over guy there is. And it's just a shame that, you know, it is, it is what it is. Mo, do you think they'll clear him though? Do you think he'll actually be cleared for competition? Well, they've got a huge show, arguably their biggest ever show in company history coming up. And they are so short of top name talents. I wouldn't be surprised if there is some sort of resolution that will see him come back into the company um, in time for WrestleMania. But as I say, I think even if he is back, I just think it's a matter of time before um, something crops up and he's injured and sidelined again. And if that's the case, the company might at that point say, sorry, we have to call it a day here. You can either come and join us in NXT, work behind the scenes, become a commentator, but you can't wrestle Daniel. And then it will be a decision for him to make as to whether he thinks he wants to continue. And if he wants to continue to wrestle, then he'll have no option but to leave. Daniel Bryan um, has been tweeting out and putting on Instagram, uh, when will I return to the ring? Uh, He's constantly training. He's getting himself ready for this opportunity. Brad, what say you about this? Are you confident that WWE will clear him at all? If so, does it happen uh, for the Royal Rumble? Does it happen for WrestleMania? Or on January the 18th, does he get his papers? What do you think? Um, He's definitely not getting his papers on the 18th. I mean, it would just... I mean. Just in general, like you think, like you're rounding out the the weeks to WrestleMania. You don't want to release one of your top stars. Just I don't know, just for publicity's sake, it just doesn't seem like good timing. Um, do I think Daniel Bryan's going to be at WrestleMania? I think 100 percent in some capacity. I do think they're. I, this is what I think. I think they've refrained from clearing him. Almost exactly what Moa said is that inevitably he's going to be injured again. Um, so I think they've refrained from clearing him so that they can at least have him for a short window for WrestleMania. I think, I think, you know, and we talked about it on our show, but I mean, I think they want him at WrestleMania. I think they want him at Fast Lane. You say they want to make Fast Lane a bigger deal, um, to the, to the wrestling fans. So I think we're going to see him in a ring again, but I'm with Mo. It's going to be a matter of time before this man just breaks down. I mean, cause the amount of concussions he's had, the amount of injuries, neck, he's had what that, that Tommy John surgery or whatever it was called to his elbow because he didn't have feeling in it. And, you know, the man's breaking down and, and it's sad to see, but he doesn't have that long, Here's the thing. Daniel Bryan's how old? Late 30s, right? He's 34. He's 34 years old. So early 30s. Oh, I thought he was older than that. You know, Steve Austin, he broke down, you know, really around 36, 37 and retired, I believe, at 38. And I think Steve Austin would actually, and I think he's admitted to he'd be a lot comfortable if he actually retired a little bit earlier and not taking the extra years of abuse. And I think Daniel Bryan's closing in right there. He's got maybe one, two good years. And that's if he can stay healthy, which I think is a high probability that he wouldn't. And I agree with Mo on that 100%. I don't, I don't think he's going to stay healthy because here's the thing about Daniel Bryan also. This man's hard-headed. He's stubborn. This is why he's tweeting out about when they're going to let me come in because he feels that he's ready. He's confident in that he's ready. But if he comes back and he suffers yet another con- uh, concussion or he has another injury, he's going to sit out again and he's going to wait. And if WWE does inevitably release him and cut bait like Mo said, he's going to go wrestle for some independent promotions and he's going to end up getting really hurt and he might end up like his idol Dynamite Kid one day. Well, I mean, uh, gosh, I would hope not. But, I mean, again, this is Daniel Bryan's decision to make if WWE decides they want to go ahead uh, and release him. It's interesting. He did an interview with a young lady named Natasha Mia uh, for a newspaper in Singapore, and he said this, quote, I think it could be the end of my career in WWE, but I don't think it will be the end of my career. I could find another passion, but it would be sad because this is what I've been most passionate about since I was five years old, end quote. 
Um, so, I mean, this is this is really a tough situation, and I understand the bind that WWE is in. They're in a situation where, uh, first of all, CTE and traumatic brain injury is on the minds of a lot of fans of professional sports in general. The concussion movie is out in theaters right now profiling what has gone on in the National Football League, and, of course, that movie is headlined by Will Smith. So there's a, there's a huge spotlight on it there. We know the issues that WWE has had in the past with other superstars of their who – superstars of theirs who have been injured um, and have sustained traumatic brain injury or neck injuries. Um, I mean, we know the case of Chris Benoit and what happened there. Um, we know uh, about Edge and, and what happened to his career. Yep. Um, so this is a situation where they have to really walk this fine line, but at the same time, Daniel Bryan saying, hey, listen, I've had independent um, doctors clear me. Why won't WWE do the same thing? So I think WWE owes it to Daniel Bryan to make a decision uh, and make a decision sooner rather than later. Because if, if you ask this guy to sit on the bench for the next two and a half years and wait out the rest of his contract, by the time it's over, he's going to be at the latter half of his 36th year on this planet, and he won't have much more to give after that. He's already in a tough physical condition, as both of you have described, but at the same time, he's working his ass off to get back into the sink. So I think WWE just has to make a decision. Um, Mo, final thoughts on Daniel Bryan before we move on. He's an incredible talent. He's possibly the... (laughs) One of the top three, four wrestlers in terms of in-ring action um, that has emerged over the last 10 to 15 years. He's an incredible talent, uh, an amazing worker, and somebody who, when he came into the WWE um, some, what, six, seven, eight years ago, uh, many people didn't have... Uh, high hopes in terms of what he could achieve. And um, they thought he's too small. The style he works isn't um, the kind of style that the WWE favors. Um, he seems a bit too bland, a bit too vanilla. Um, it will only be a matter of time before he fails and ends up back on the independent scene. And he defied all of those thoughts and became a world heavyweight champion. And nobody can take that away from him. And, um, whatever happens, whether he stays in the WWE for only a few more weeks, a few more months, or even if he ends up staying for several more years, uh, nobody can deny that he's had a massive impact on not only the WWE, but, uh, the wrestling business more generally, because certainly he's paved the way for the smaller guys, um, to come into the WWE and potentially become headline acts. And, you know, the storyline that existed um, about him being labeled a B-plus player and um, him trying to say, no, I, I am a top guy. I deserve to be a top guy. I work hard to be a top guy. I think there was some truth to that. And I think the company, um, through that storyline and through seeing the passion of the fan base um, in getting behind him, um, came to the realization actually our top guys don't have to be six foot tall. They don't have to be 250 pounds. Um, maybe we can give the smaller guys a shot. And we're seeing that in the way they're recruiting people into their um, developmental system now. Um, so, you know, he's had, uh, you know, a very positive effect in several ways. Um, as I say, not only on the WWE, um, but also um, wrestling as a whole. So um, he, he certainly has a legacy and um, I hope he can build on it. But if he can't, um, then he certainly left his mark on the business. Hey, uh, Mo, real quick question for you. Um, cause, you know, I, I agree with most of the things you said, but, you know, when, when you think about the smaller guys who paved the way out, I, I mean, Daniel Bryan, I think, followed in the footsteps of several guys who did that before him. I mean, wouldn't you say, like, the Shawn Michaels and the Bret Hart's and even the Rey Mysterio's to a certain extent were, and Eddie Guerrero and, and even Benoit, even though Benoit was jacked to the gills. Um, wouldn't you say those kind of guys are the ones who paved the way and Daniel Bryan kind of followed in their footsteps? Um, yes and no. I mean, the likes of um, Brett and Sean when they emerged in '92, '91-'92, um, they they almost landed their spots um, out of necessity because the WWE at that time was clamping down on um, steroids, and as a result of that, conveniently, um, a lot of the muscle heads um, seemed to uh, disappear. Maybe that was just a coincidence. So. 
that opened up an opportunity for those guys. Um, but nonetheless, those two guys at that time were still not small. I mean, both guys were around the six foot mark, still around the 230 uh, category. And like said, Ben Juan Guerrero, whilst uh, short in terms of height, um, was, as you say, Jack to the gills and um, huge in terms of muscle mass. Whereas Daniel Bryan, uh, in terms of look, um, was about as ordinary looking as they've ever had in terms of a world champion. Um, and they still, um, despite the company's intentions, um, saw him become arguably the company's top uh, guy in terms of popularity with the fan base. Um, and I think that that is um, the kind of um, way in which he's kind of trailblazed for the WWE and for some of the smaller guys that you don't have to, even if you are only five foot seven, five foot eight, you don't have to still juice up and get up to 230 pounds um, to make it in the WWE and to get over with the fan base. You can still have a natural look, still weighing around the 180 mark and um, still get over. And we are seeing um, increasing numbers of talents coming through the developmental system and into NXT um, that are of that type of frame. So so that that's the kind of thing I'm referring to. But at the same time, you're, you are right. I mean, we have progressively seen smaller guys um, since the early 90s um, come through and, and be successful as well. You know what's interesting real quick is that I listened to uh – uh, Freddie Prince Jr., who was actually a, a writer for WWE for several years, also the you know the actor from Scooby Doo or whatever, he did a show with uh, he did a podcast with Jericho this week, and I happened to listen to it, and uh, he said something really interesting that I've never heard before said about why Vince likes big guys. This is the first time I've ever heard this said, and maybe maybe y'all heard it before. I've never had. He said Vince likes to put the title and stuff on bigger guys, not just because of their look at all. He says smaller guys tend to get hurt more, and Vince thinks that bigger guys tend to get hurt less. That's why he favors them. This is what Freddie Prince said, and this is what he and Vince talked about. I've never heard that before. Matt, what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I think that's uh, that's an interesting way of thinking. I, I would look at the current uh, roster of members of the roster who are injured, and, and I would say that that alone proves that that's not correct. I mean, Cesaro Cesaro's Cesaro not a Cena. small guy. Cena's not a small guy. Yeah. Orton's not a small Orton, guy. That's another so one. there's three right there. Um, so, no, I, I, I think, if, if anything, um, a, a, a jacked-up dude that's not flexible – uh, it is really not a good thing when you're trying to be a professional athlete and do what many of these athletes are doing. And I think today more than ever, because of how the WWE style has changed over the years, um, it commands so much more of you physically that you have to be a much more flexible and versatile athlete than what was asked of these athletes in the 80s and the early 90s as well. Uh, one of the things, I thought it was an interesting point. Yeah, it is an interesting point. Um, one, one of the things that I am hearing, though, uh, regarding Daniel Bryan before we move on, is that there are... Uh, no plans for him to be used at the Royal Rumble at all, and that he will not work at WrestleMania. If this does happen, and Daniel Bryan does not work at WrestleMania, he is not cleared, how big of an impact, if any, will this have on WrestleMania, Mo? It could have a, a quite a noble impact, not a huge, massive one, but um, as I mentioned earlier on, the WWE is depleted in terms of um, headline acts. And if he's saying he's fit and he's ready to go, why not just build him up for one match at WrestleMania? And if the WWE wants to work it in such a way, um, pitch it as his farewell retirement match from the WWE. Even if he decides to go on and wrestle on the independent scene after that, um, certainly from the WWE uh, universe perspective, um, that'll be Daniel Bryan saying goodbye. Um, so that on its own could be quite a feature attraction to the show. And, you know, we're only um, three months or less from the show and really, other than one match potentially, which we'll talk about later on, um, there's not a great deal that we can say um, uh, that stands out for the show in terms of um, real attraction. So that that's where I, I think they really should tr- look to go. And if they are inclined to not use him at the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania, then tell him, okay, well, we're going to cancel your contract um, and you can take a contract as a commentator or as a trainer at NXT or you can go and you can you can do whatever you want on the independent scene if you wish. Um, but I just don't see what the point is of keeping him around um, if they don't want to use him. So it's, it's, um, it's becoming a, a bit of a bizarre situation almost. 
Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Brad, uh, final thoughts on that. Does Daniel Bryan move the needle at all for WrestleMania? Uh, no, I mean, if he's not there, uh, you know, no one is going to not go or watch. You know, if he is there, I, I don't think from a mainstream perspective he's bringing any extra eyeballs. I don't think he's really moving a needle from that perspective. Wow. If he's there and he wrestles, I think the quality of the show goes up. Um, but as far as a mainstream casual viewer is going to watch because Daniel Bryan's wrestling, I don't think so. Unless, now this is one thing I will say, I say unless they do make it his retirement match. I think maybe some people, maybe more people would be interested in seeing that. But as far from a mainstream perspective, no, I don't, I don't really think he makes a big difference. Gosh. I agree and I disagree. Um, I think with WrestleMania, because it's WrestleMania, people will watch it no matter what. However, if you look at the people that attend Raw Rumble in WrestleMania, um, it's the hardcore WWE fan base that increasingly attend these shows, especially the Rumble where, um, in the last couple of years, it's been probably 80% of those kind of hardcore WWE fans who watch everything, who go to shows, who spend an inordinate amount of money on the promotion. And we heard at the last two Raw Rumbles, just how much noise they were making in favor of Danny Bryan. And if he isn't there, I think they'll make their views known to the WWE. And I think that they'll almost be encouraged by Danny Bryan by um, some of the tweets he might be looking to put out prior to the show. Um, so that could be the kind of bizarro world atmosphere that will be created um, that WWE really dislikes. Um, that could be kind of a theme throughout the Royal Rumble match where people are chanting for Daniel Bryan saying yes, yes, yes and um, shitting all over um, some of the other people that are in the match and booing the whoever the, whoever wins it. Um, it. It could turn into a bit of a cluster in that respect. They're kind of in, uh, they're kind but, of in but, a no-win scenario though uh, when it comes to the Royal Rumble because if they put Daniel Bryan in the Rumble and he doesn't win the Rumble as we've seen in the past, then whoever wins the Rumble is going to get booed and it's going to completely overshadow what WWE is trying to do. Um, with WrestleMania, I would agree with you, Mo, in a sense that I think, um, yeah, the fans are going to be upset if Daniel Bryan's not a part of it in some way, shape, or form, and I think they could definitely find a place for him to work on this card. Um, I mean, especially if it's just for one time. Uh, I just, and unless WWE is this petrified that he will be injured in some severe way, uh, once again, that they just don't want to take the risk and don't take the chance. But if that's the case, then why not release him? Uh, Brad, you were going to say. Yeah, yeah, but just like how annoying, though, is that? Like, like you know, I, I kind of operate under two philosophies when it comes to, you know, because I'm a fan, right, of, of WWE. I, you know, Matt, we go to live shows all the time, but we also have a lot. We, we also are a part of a live show when it comes to reality wrestling. And I know fans, we pay our money so we can do whatever we want. But I really think it's disrespectful and to a certain extent, a little arrogant for a fan to shit all over a show uh, because one guy isn't participating in it. Now, the other times, maybe the fir very first time when Batista won, I was like, well, yeah, they're definitely holding Daniel Bryan back for no apparent reason. And I can understand anger from that. But if you're going to shit on a show, which is a flagship show, a Royal Rumble, and you're going to make it difficult for WWE because they don't want to clear somebody, because they are they have his best... Because at this point, it's only clear. The only reason they wouldn't want to clear him is because they have his best interest for his health at heart, because they would love to make money off of Daniel Bryan. I mean, I think they would love that fact, right? So that's the only reason they're not clearing him. So you're going to shit on a show and try to ruin a pay-per-view because you're not going to see one competitor compete in a 30-man match? I think that's a little ridiculous. Uh, the one thing that I would say is that... And I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but... Yes, I mean, I do think WWE is trying to protect Daniel Bryan against himself. They don't want him to get hurt, and they, they certainly don't want egg on their You're face. You're going to talk about the concussion issue, again. the yeah, lawsuits? Uh, well, well, no, no, I'm not talking about that, because we, we've talked about the concussion issues on this show in the past. We've also talked about them on, uh, on the podcast that you and I do together, Brad. Um, but I, I think that Daniel Bryan presents a real problem for WWE whenever he is a member of the active roster. Look. When Daniel Bryan had WrestleMania 30 built around him, it was because WWE had no choice but to give in to this organic movement that was as strong, in my opinion, or an organic movement that we've seen in the company since Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, now, look at what they've done for Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has been completely the opposite. They brought Vince McMahon back on television and had a 70-year-old Vince McMahon taking bumps to get Roman over. Now, they've successfully done that. But if you bring back Daniel Bryan now, 
after you've done all of this work, all of those fans that you've talked about who do hijack shows from time to time, and I'm all about people expressing themselves at these shows. You've paid your money to do it. Go ahead and do it. Present well, you've these paid your fans. money to hold, watch a show. Hold on a minute. Well, no, they are constantly they are, they are constantly asking people who are part of the quote WWE universe to be engaged. So if so, they're doing exactly what you're asking them to do. Give them something to be engaged in, and that's what I would say. So with Daniel Bryan, I think there may be more at play here than just his injury, because if he has other independent physicians who are clearing him. What is the difference between those independent physicians and the physician that works for WWE? What is that physician that is working for WWE seeing that these other neurologists are not seeing? And that's really the question. And, if, and I don't know. If somebody could break that down, I think it would help a lot of the skeptics walk off the ledge and say, you know what, or back away from the ledge and say, you know what, you're right. This guy can't compete in WWE anymore. But then again, if he can't, why not just go ahead and release him and be done with it altogether? Because Brian has made it clear what he wants to do is be a professional wrestler. He doesn't want to sit there and be an announcer. Mo, final thoughts on this before we move on on Daniel Bryan. Anything else to say? Yeah, just one final thing to add to what you just said um, is that there's a kind of wider issue here with um, the medical department, the WWE. As we know, um, CM Punk is involved in a legal situation uh, with the WWE doctor. And if the WWE now goes and does something that um, goes against what the doctor has advised for another um, talent that's employed by the company, um, that could, that may affect um, that other legal situation involving CM Punk. Um, so the WWE might be thinking about, well, not wanting to in any way influence what's going on there um, by trying to, in some way, seem to undermine his uh, advice about the Daniel Bryan situation. So getting a third opinion from an independent doctor um, could be seen as undermining their own doctor. Um, and obviously, they're clearly backing their own doctor in the situation situation we see in punk so that might be a situation whereby unfortunately daniel bryant is victim to another situation that's going on uh, which the wwe is very uh, cautious about so um but whether, whether that is the case or it isn't i just hope that um whatever happens um uh, everything is done in daniel bryant's best interest and if his health is in jeopardy. If he does return, then maybe it is for the better that um, he calls it a day. You look like you're chomping at the bit over here. Do you have anything else to say? No, 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 no. no. I mean, okay. I, I mean, I, no. I mean, if Daniel Bryan isn't healthy enough to wrestle, and I think the thing about the WWE doctor, and I think Mo has a great point, but I also think, you know, these guys, they look for certain things in their performers, right? They're used to looking at pro wrestlers with injuries. Whereas these other doctors and neurologists, they're not. I mean, they're, I mean, obviously they're doctors, so they're intelligent and they're making intelligent decisions. Uh, but I think, I just tend, I don't want to say I'm siding with the WWE doctor, but like, I, I would, I would be, I would like to believe him more because this is the specific area of medicine that he's focused on. Yeah. It's not just, you know, health, but it's, wrestler's health. And I think that's fair enough. I and think that's I think that's an excellent point. I mean, there there are two ways of looking at it. You could look at it as in WWE has ulterior motives and this guy is holding the company line, the doctor that is, and then you could also look at it and say no one is more qualified to judge the health and well-being of these professional athletes who do this specifically than somebody who works for this company and is specializing in this area. So uh, let us know what you think. You can tweet at the Pro Wrestling Index at PW underscore index on Twitter, and uh, we will read your comments, questions, and all that stuff next week on the show. All right, guys, let's move on and talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling and some of their talent, which is coming over to WWE. We talked about this a little bit last week on the show, the Bullet Club on its way to what it appears to be NXT, and now some confirmations coming out that Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson will be on their way to NXT, and it looks like they will be joining... Finn Balor, in some capacity, whether they're putting together a stable, the Balor Club, whatever it may be, we've seen Finn Balor teasing this a little bit on social media over the last two weeks. This man giddy with excitement, and so are many members of the Internet wrestling community. Mo, are you excited about this? Absolutely. Fresh blood. Um, you know, some very interesting and exciting talents from uh, 
the second biggest wrestling company in the world coming into the biggest wrestling company in the world um, who can't be excited about that. That's going to be tremendous. Um, it will certainly freshen up NXT, but what it will also mean is it will allow um, certain talents from NXT to then shift over into the main roster. So uh, that's going to be exciting for both the main and developmental rosters. Um, in terms of the talents that are coming over, um, you know, WWE fans have a lot to be excited about. Let me tell you that. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura is one of these talents. He's been a wrestler for about 14 years and he's one of the top 10 best wrestlers in the world. He's got a unique charisma. If you look at him, he doesn't look like anything particularly special. Um, but the way he conducts himself, um, in terms of um, exuding star presence is like um, nobody else bar two or three individuals in the whole wrestling business. You know who um, he reminds me of, Mo? He reminds me of pro wrestling's version of Freddie Mercury. <laughs> you know? That's a good comparison, yeah. Didn't he, didn't, didn't he cite Freddie Mercury as an influence? Oh, does Nakamura? He? I really think oh, I, I've well, heard that somewhere perhaps before. Perhaps he does. I don't know. I mean, Whenever he comes out, he's got that red leather jacket on, I think and he's just got a lot of... Mike Jackson to him. Yeah, he's just got a lot of charisma to him, so... Um, yeah, and, and the thing is, I mean, when he first debuted, we saw none of that whatsoever. He was quite a, a dry, boring type of uh, individual, a bit like myself. Um, but in the last uh, several years... you under the bus there, are you, <laughs> Burying myself. Uh, but in the in last four, five, six years, um, he's really developed this persona, this character... And um, it really is a really magnetic type of uh, character that fans can get into. Um, but as I mentioned last week, I'm, I'm just not sure, I'm not convinced that that type of character can um, connect with the Western audiences in the way it does it, uh, in Japan. I, I sincerely hope it does. But whether it does or it doesn't, um, in terms of what he can do from bell to bell, um, there are very, very few talents that are better than him. He's one of the world's best wrestlers, and he can have great matches uh, with a wooden plank or a, or a, um, a sweeping brush. He's, he's really that good, and um, he's somebody to be really excited about. And um, the the other members of um, that group, in, in, in addition, um, have a lot to offer, um, notably AJ Styles. Now, do you think AJ Styles... Um will be a part of the Royal Rumble. Do you think he's coming in there? Well, from what I um, uh, have been reading and from what I've heard, um, there was a plan to introduce AJ Styles as a surprise entrant at the Rumble. Um, even though he obviously hasn't been in the WWE before, um, many fans are aware of who he is. And um, they would have seen him in TNA. They would have seen some of him in Ring of Honor. And um, obviously, as you know, uh, New Japan is available um, on, is it called Access? Yeah, it's Access TV here in the US. Okay. So uh, some of the WWE fan base, we are uh, familiar with him through that as well. Um, so that was a plan. But since then, it has been leaked. So they might decide, actually, let's not bring him as a surprise there. Let's just introduce him into NXT to start with. Um, but if he is at the Rumble, that would be fantastic. And if, he, that, if that means he then debuts straight onto the main roster, excellent. Because he is... Um, I mean, I've talked about Seth Rollins being arguably the best uh, worker in the business. Well, AJ Styles is about as close as you can get to Seth Rollins, if not his equal. He's another tremendous, tremendous talent. And, you know, he's, he's coming into his late 30s now. He's 38, he's 39 this year. I know, which is, which is the question. What, what, does every single talent that is brought in from New Japan or Ring of Honor or, or any place for that matter, do they all have to go through NXT? Is this is this the initiation that they have to they have to go through? Well, I think to a certain extent, like some people have to go through NXT. Obviously, you know, when they sign Sting, Sting's not going to NXT. You see right. what I'm saying? But so I mean, I think they make exceptions with certain stars. Like I would think that a Samoa Joe would be right there. And I I read somewhere recently that Joe actually his original plan was to come into NXT for a very short while and end up actually winning money in the bank is what his original plan was. Then that whole thing with, uh, what's his name? TJ, uh, Tyson Kidd, uh, went down and WWE felt like they couldn't give him this push now because it looked like they were like in some sick way rewarding him for hurting another guy, even though it wasn't his fault. Yeah. So that's what I read recently. So I think there are certain talents who they can go straight to the main roster with. I think WWE, honestly, I don't know if anyone else will believe it. I think they've wanted AJ Styles for years. And I say that because even in their video games, 
Like, you know how, like, sometimes when you do the creator wrestler, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. When you do the creator wrestler, there's like the pre-move sets that you can attach to them. One is called Phenomenal, is one of the names of the presets, and it's AJ Styles, like, whole, it's everything that he does. Yeah. From the Styles Clash to all of his stuff. So I, I think they actually really wanted AJ Styles for a while. So I could see him still debuting at the Royal Rumble. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. If Carl Anderson, who I'm not really familiar with, and Doc Gallows, who's been in WWE before, if they join with Finn Balor in, uh, in NXT, I think that's all well and good. I don't think AJ Styles needs to be a part of the Balor Club, the Bullet Club, or anything. He can go straight on yeah. and start working and, and, with and, the big and, dogs. And, and, and I think that's going to be imagine the plan. like you know uh, Owens and AJ, or I mean, because AJ's going to be a babyface. So, I mean, Owens and AJ at Mania, I'd watch that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd love to see the Balor Club versus the Wyatts at, uh, at WrestleMania. That would be awesome too. But I don't That'd know whether or not uh, whether or not we're going to see that. Uh, final thoughts, guys. We have a lot more here to still cover. Uh, regarding the new Japan pro wrestling talent that uh, that is coming in, anything else? Yeah, I mean, one of the other uh, guys that is coming in, um, who's rumored to be coming rather, is uh, Tamatonga. Um, he's certainly been putting stuff out there on the social media that suggests his days in New Japan are numbered, and he's um, he's a, he's a Pacific Islander and uh, of Pacific Islander descent, and uh, he's a very good talent, great physique, a great look. Um, I suspect he'll go into NXT first and, um, uh, eventually he will emerge on the main roster. I'm sure of that. You know, very polished worker. When he came into New Japan several years ago, very green, very rough around the edges. But in the last couple of years in particular, um, really come along in leaps and bounds. So that's another guy to look out for. Um, so that's, you know, at least five, um, talents coming over from New Japan pretty much all at once. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously not good for New Japan. Um, but no. great news for the WWE. I mean, that's a huge blow for New Japan because Nakamura and AJ Styles were, I think, I don't think there's even an argument about it. I think they were two of maybe their top four, top five talents, um, at New Japan Pro Wrestling. So when you lose headliners like that, uh, that, that's a huge blow. And, and, and obviously New Japan will, will recover and move on because New Japan does a great job. <laughs> New Japan, in my opinion, does a better job of creating their own stars than, uh, than WWE has done currently. Because, I mean, WWE's bringing in guys, running them and, and washing them through NXT and then acting as if these are their own stars. But NXT, I'm sorry, WWE hasn't created um, the, the Finn Balor that, that we know. Finn Balor has been a creation that has been building for 10 years through many different incarnations. But could you Japan. argue that they don't make their own stars, but they do make their own superstars? And what I say, oh, what, what, no, this is what I mean when I say that though. Cause, <laughs> cause Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, these are all guys who are established coming into WWE. Like already on their own, they're known throughout the wrestling community. They're known as stars. But w there is something to be said about, you know, Mo called WWE the largest pro wrestling company in the world, right? When you're on that stage, I think you do go from, and I, I know superstar, we kind of laugh at the term, but I think you do go from just a guy who's known in wrestling and, and known by many a wrestling fans to a superstar. I really think there is a direct correlation to that. So WWE might not be making their own stars, but I, I really do think they're making their own. Superstars. Well, WWE in the past, I think, has done a great job of creating their own superstars. But I think recently, and, and you're seeing it right now with how they've been gutted with injuries, um, and they're scrambling to figure out how they're going to put this WrestleMania card together. I think that's a direct, um, result of them not building up their mid card and building new, new stars, or as, as, as they call them, and you've said superstars. Um, but I think they have built new superstars. I mean, have they, have they, I mean, I mean, Kevin Owens doesn't count as a superstar? Well, I'm not saying Kevin Owens isn't a superstar, but what I am saying is that Kevin Owens isn't a product of WWE. Kevin Owens is a product of his own work over 15 years but, in but, the independent but, circuit. But, but Kevin Owens, no, I, in, in ring character, 100% agree. But Kevin Owens. I mean, Owens, all they did was change Steen to Owens. Okay. And, and they, and they gave him a, the biggest platform you could possibly wrestle on and upped his notoriety level to where he probably is getting more, more recognized by casual people on the street. Well, I, than he was I, I agree with that 100%, but there, that, I think there's a big difference between doing that and actually taking a guy from scratch and doing what they did. Look at. What, look what Rocky Maivia turned into. Look what the ringmaster turned into. Those were things that had happened in WWE or at, in WWF at the time. Um, and it happened organically. And, and it's because they allowed these talents to be creative. They gave them the ball. They let them run with it. 
And I think it's been a while since we've seen that. And now we see these, these repelling forces against what it is that the audience wants and what it's looking for. They got over that hump with, with, uh, with Roman Reigns. They fought like hell to do it, but I will admit they, they, they did pull it off. But, um, it's like, you know, the conversation we had earlier about Daniel Bryan. I think it's very rare today that you see guys come up from the lower card and mid card and organically grow into the main event scene. Well, I mean, but then, then you can make that, you, you can say WWE didn't create Daniel Bryan. Right? I mean, using your logic, he, they didn't create Daniel Bryan. Well, no, I think they didn't create CM Punk either. Well, CM right? Punk is a product of, of, of his own work. I mean, you gotta give the guy credit. He's had that name now, his entire life. Now, He's did, been wrestling now, in did they create, did they create Brock Lesnar? Or did Brock Lesnar create Brock Lesnar? Now there's an interesting, there's an yeah, interesting well, argument. Yeah, yeah, and then it's a conversation for another time. But I would say that you know, without WWE, obviously none of these guys would be uh, would be where they are today either. So, um... hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Okay, guys, so here we go. Uh, let's talk about some Royal Rumble options because there's news out tonight that uh, WWE wants to focus on Fastlane as being what they're saying more than just another road to WrestleMania event. Uh, so there could be big plans for Fastlane, including a potential WWE World Heavyweight Championship main event. Uh, and also we are hearing that Brock Lesnar will be working Fastlane. So with that being said, does this change the Royal Rumble predictions that you may have had in your head for what's going to go on that night? Could there be some shenanigans in this match? Perhaps even two winners or people's feet are hitting the floor at the same time. Yeah, I thought about like that, that this morning. Isn't yeah. that crazy? I what, thought about that this go, morning. Go, go ahead, Gilmore. What do you well, got? You know, I think that there's a multitude of ways. You know, you said that it's being confirmed by Meltzer that we're going to see Triple H Roy, uh, Roman Reigns in the, in the main event of WrestleMania. Yes. I might be the only one who feels this way, but I think that's a fantastic main event, if you're, especially with the amount of talent that you're out right now. I think that's maybe, that may be the biggest match you can make right now, is Roman versus uh, Triple H. But there are also some other ways that this Royal Rumble could come come about. Now, I think everyone pretty much is under the general consensus that it's going to be Roman Reigns walking out uh, the champion of the Royal Rumble. I mean, if you take it off him now, one, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Two, it makes him look weak because he lost the big challenge that Vince McMahon put in front of him. So it doesn't make a lot of sense unless there's a an, a screw job, right? A lot of people think Roman's going to enter number one, Triple H enters number 30. But now that you have Brock Lesnar in there, how does Brock Lesnar get out of the Royal Rumble if he doesn't win? Because him getting thrown over the top rope or not being the very last person standing tremendously, I feel, hurt someone who I didn't think could be hurt. But in this situation, how do you bet against Brock Lesnar? So if Brock wins and the title, and then they go into fast lane, Roman gets the title back, and then Triple H attacks him afterward, or there's some inter- interaction with The Rock and Brock, or The Rock and Triple H, something like that. I can see that happening, but it's really weird now. It's really wide open. Um, I still think Roman Reigns wins the Royal Rumble, though. Okay. Uh Mo, ha- has the news about Fastlane changed what what you think is going to go down at the Royal Rumble at all? Um, yes, it has slightly changed um, what I think. Um, and it probably changed last week when it was announced that um, we'd have uh, sorry, Roman Reigns defending his title as part of the Royal Rumble match. Um, but certainly the announcement about wanting to make Fastlane uh, a special uh, show that will have some significance leading into WrestleMania, that was the one that really sealed the deal for me. I said a few weeks ago that I'm sure that if Roman Reigns and Triple H have a match 
at WrestleMania that um, it shouldn't be for the title or it wouldn't be for the title. I can't remember exactly what I said. Um, but either way, um, I didn't think that the title uh, would need to be a factor in that match. And the way that everything's now being set up with Rumble and Fastlane, um, I'm actually convinced that Triple H against Roman Reigns will definitely not be for the WWE World Heavyweight title. So what I think is going to happen is that there will be some form of um, screw job finish, some kind of controversy at the end of that Raw Rumble match, which will cost Reigns the title, and he'll be one of the final two or three guys in the match. And he will then um, have a rematch against whoever wins the title in that match at Fastlane, and at that show, he'll be screwed again by Triple H, and that will lead into WrestleMania for those two to have uh, the eagerly awaited singles match. So that's the scenario that I think makes the most sense, uh, but I don't think that that scenario can work with Roman Reigns um, emerging from Rumble and Fastlane as World Heavyweight Champion. Wow, that's a lot of screw jobs. I mean, it's it's goodness, a lot, get, but get yeah. get out the cot. So so if that happens. <laughs> Who 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 goes into uh, WrestleMania with the World Heavyweight Championship? Well, I mean, if if it's Brock, Brock Lesnar, if it's Brock Lesnar, who does he then, work? Who's he work? Yeah, that's that's the conundrum you go into with that. And I think that though, Mo, actually, I, I like that idea a lot. But then I, at the same time, why spend all this time finally getting Roman Reigns over if you're not going to make him your champion? And I don't see anyone else who could go against Brock. And they're not going to do Brock Rock for the title. Or that 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 I think everyone would be upset. I'm by still that. not convinced the Rock's going to work at WrestleMania. I'm, I've been yeah, saying that for a... weeks. You know, I, I think if they're going to have the Rock actually work at WrestleMania, we'll know after the Rumble. For sure, I think they would have started promoting this already. This guy yeah. is one of the most recognizable celebrities in the world, and when you've got a hundred thousand seats to sell, you have to capitalize on that every single way that you can. Well, one thing at one thing at a time. So I don't, Mo. Let me ask you. So if Brock, I mean, let's say. They go with what you're pitching for uh, WrestleMania, um, and Brock walks out champion from Royal Rumble and Fastlane or whomever. Where's the story going for Brock? Because then that kind of leaves Brock out of the storyline. It's just him being the dominant champion. So there's no strong story going into WrestleMania for Brock Lesnar. Which is why I'm now convinced that um, it will be Rock against Brock at WrestleMania. For the title? For the title, yes. Wow. That, that, that's a waste of a championship match. It, you're talking about Roman and, and Triple H don't need the championship. Brock and Rock sure as hell don't need it. No, they don't. Um, but they need to have the title as one of the key matches on the show. And Agreed. if you've got Brock against The Rock, and if you've got Reigns against Triple H, um, and if those are the two main matches on the show, um, but neither features the title, um, then it devalues the title belt. So it has to feature in one of those matches. And for me, it makes sense to have it in um, that other match that doesn't involve Roman Reigns and Triple H. If Roman Reigns emerges from those two shows leading to WrestleMania as a champion and Triple H is um, contested against him for the title, um, that doesn't make as much sense to me as... Reigns going into WrestleMania having been screwed out of the title. Um, so that's why I think that by default it has to end up with uh, either Brock or even Rock as a champ, um, whether it's at Rumble or Fastlane. And um, that, that'll be the title match for me. Uh, but I agree with you. Um, you know, WrestleMania would be an ideal opportunity to elevate someone else and have the title as part of that elevation process. Um, but I just don't see it being relegated to um, the third match from the top or the fourth match from the top. I just don't see that happening. But I, but I just think that this, I mean, if, if, they, if Roman's not in the championship match or isn't the champion going into WrestleMania, I think that devalues Roman Reigns and what they've done over to him last month. They took a guy who no one was like, oh, he's not getting over. We hate him. To now every place is universally cheering this I, man. I, I, listen, I, I have to just say, and, and I, either one of you or maybe both of you will disagree with me, but Roman Reigns for me right now is WWE's top attraction for two reasons. Because he has the title and because everybody knows that they're putting the jetpack on Roman. If you take those factors away, that we know that the, that the company wants him to be the top guy and he has the belt, their top attraction, without question, even if seen as back healthy, is still Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Brock Lesnar is the main attraction. So if that's the case and Brock Lesnar goes into WrestleMania defending the World Heavyweight Championship against The Rock, 
then there's no way anybody can convince me that Roman Reigns versus Triple H is a main event quality match over the most recognizable celebrity in the world versus the company's biggest draw with the title on the line. So there's just no way that those two would main event WrestleMania being Triple H and Roman Reigns without the title being involved. That's I agree. just what I'd have to I say agree. on that. I agree. Um, uh, we got a Twitter question here, which actually uh, falls into this. So I'm going to go ahead and take it right now and get uh, get you gentlemen to react to it. This comes from uh, Stephen J. Seventeen Sutton at S J Sutton fifty one fifty on Twitter. Thank you for your question, Stephen. He says, "Do you think that at any point Reigns and Rock will defend the Samoan Dynasty against Triple H and Brock Lesnar?" That's an interesting thought. Do you at think Mania or in general? In, in general, at any point. Uh, no, I don't see Triple H and and, and Brock being tech. I mean, they could be, but I think you keep the momentum on. Brock is a great babyface that also works as a tweener. Like he's a guy who can still F five Roman Reigns on TV and be cheered for it. You know what I mean? And, and as well as F five. Vince McMahon and be cheered for it. You know what I mean? No. So I, I don't think you put him in a match uh, tag teaming with Triple H. And I don't think I want to see Brock ever in a tag match. I only want to see Brock as a singles competitor. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. It Mo, devalues Brock a little bit. Well, what do you think about that? You think there's any possibibility those four work together? Possibly on Raw, actually. Uh, they might decide on the go-home show for Raw, uh, let's put the two um, main event matches together in a tag team match, and then um, that might be their way of um, heating up um, both of those matches um, for that final go-home show six days before the big event um, at WrestleMania. Um, but other than that, I, I just don't see any kind of longer storyline um, other than it just being a one-off match to hype up the bigger show. Now, I could see Triple H and Roman Reigns wrestling in some sort of capacity on a Raw, but Rock and Brock aren't wrestling on free TV, I'll tell you that much. Well, I mean, but to be fair, Brock just wrestled here um, in Houston last week, and it wasn't even on television. Exactly. He and, didn't wrestle and, on TV. Yeah. <laughs> He's not wrestling on TV. You, you know, you've, you, can't, you can't forget, obviously, WWE is operating a different business model as well nowadays, and if they've got four or five million people watching Raw and they want to sell um, their subscription for WWE Network for the month, uh, what better way than having Rock... Um, and Brock on TV, free TV on the USA Network uh, in the week leading up to WrestleMania. And uh, that would be great to help shift uh, what they might think is some late uh, monthly subscriptions. And, um, you know, that, that that might be the only reason they, they could potentially have to get those kind of guys on TV. Yeah, uh, well, that is a good point. Here is the interesting conundrum, guys. Uh, there are plenty of injuries right now. John Cena, it appears, will not be able to work at WrestleMania, although there are some that do believe that because he is Super Cena that uh, he will figure out a way to recover from an injury that should keep you out from six to nine months in less than three months and be able to work uh, and have a decent match and not re-injure himself. So let's just pretend that John Cena will not make it to WrestleMania. You have many of these other top stars which are going to be out as well, including Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. If that is the case... And then you have Brock Lesnar potentially working something where with anyone from Roman Reigns to Triple H or The Rock. What do you do with The Undertaker at WrestleMania? What happens with The Undertaker, Mo? Um, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, we, we were thinking about um, how this could be his farewell match um, at WrestleMania 32 and um, being in his home state of Texas. Um that would be the perfect farewell for one of the greatest characters in the history of the company. But looking at how depleted the roster is, I'm really struggling to find any viable opponent that fans will actually take seriously um, for for The Undertaker. Um, now, you could say, well, maybe he's got a little bit of unfinished business with um, one of the members of the White family, so they could perhaps go with building up Braun Strowman against um, The Undertaker. But, I mean, come on. For his last match in front of 100,000 people at WrestleMania 32, no way. Um, So they they have to find someone else. But I'm I'm really struggling. I mean, Chris Jericho, maybe? Um, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at Chris Jericho. But but as a retirement match? Not as a retirement match, no. I, I guarantee you Undertaker can't retire now. Yeah. Unless he just still wants to. But, guys... I gotta get out of here. Yeah, yeah, I got uh, big yeah. Plans. Yeah, Huge Brad, plans. Brad, Brad Gilmore's Mo, gonna great leave to us. See you. So, uh, <laughs> okay. so uh, thank you, Brad, for for. Hallelujah, being, holla back. Yeah. 
Thank you, Brad, for being a part of the uh, the, the Pro Wrestling Index tonight. Um, yeah, you know, I've got to say, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting uh, p- predicament that WWE finds itself in because uh, from much of what we heard, it was going to be Cena uh, potentially retiring The Undertaker this year uh, in his home state of Texas, and now that seems as if it's it, it's it's not going to happen. Uh, I would submit that um, I think you've you've got to use this as an opportunity to put over another talent. And I can't think of a better opportunity for Finn Balor than right now. Have Finn Balor be the guy that puts the Undertaker in the grave permanently. Have the demon Finn Balor be the one who uh, who defeats the Undertaker in his final match at WrestleMania. I think this is, that's a fantastic idea. But, you know, when it comes to WrestleMania, what we do know is Vince really likes to flex his creative muscles and make the big decisions about uh, matches and finishes. And um, a notable example in recent years is when he decided that Brock was to go over The Undertaker and end the streak a couple of years ago. Um, I just don't see Vince approving somebody who's about 5'9", 5'10", and about 190 pounds um, going over one of his all-time greatest creations. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. I think that he'd want somebody to at least have been built up um, and uh, go over after having um, some kind of heat um, leading into that match run, somebody perhaps debuting on the show, maybe debuting only a month or two before WrestleMania. Um, so whilst that would be fantastic, and I'm all for elevating talents at WrestleMania, uh, I just don't see Vince um, going with that. And, um you know, maybe that's just me being a bit too cynical, uh, but with all the evidence of the last 10, 15 years, um, I think that's a warranted yeah. uh, kind of view. Yeah, I would have to. <laughs> unfortunately, I'd have to agree with you. Uh, ye have little faith uh, in this matter, and we have uh, great evidence to point to to reasons why that wouldn't be the case. P- potentially, uh, what could happen here is maybe maybe the Cena injury would actually, and the injury of some of these other towns might actually push back uh, the Undertaker retirement. Perhaps Undertaker does work at WrestleMania and then works one final match potentially at uh, SummerSlam. And maybe that's it for him. And it's Cena that uh, that retires him there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Cena doesn't retire him at all. At all. I mean, there, there, there's no way for us really to know. Before we adjourn for the night, though, we have to talk about the breaking news, Mo, uh, which has also come in this week about the WWE Hall of Fame. And, of course, its first uh, inductee. Absolutely. The man they call Sting. <laughs> um, well, well overdue. One of the all-time great um, talents in the industry finally going to get his um, well-deserved and well overdue recognition by being the uh, headline inductee into the 2016 um, WWE Hall of Fame. Um, what an amazing talent. Uh, incredible uh, longevity to being around as a big name star for close to 30 years, uh, which in itself is an incredible achievement. And on top of that, um, having maintained uh, humility, being a humble person, um, being a bona fide superstar of the business, though, at the same time. Um, you know, there's not many people that you can say that they were grounded and humble Um having achieved so much fame and success in the wrestling business. Um, there's so many that um, let all of that success go to the heads and became very egotistical, um, became prima donnas in certain ways. Uh, but you can't throw that accusation against Sting. Um, a consummate professional, um, always willing to do uh, whatever the promoters asked of him, even if it was the wrong thing for and what wasn't good for business. Um, he, he always went with what the promoters asked for. Um, so, um, a, a genuine legend of the business, um, somebody who um, I grew up as a huge fan of, um, arguably my favorite wrestler of the late 80s, early 90s period. And um, it would be great, great to, uh, to see him inducted finally into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. And no, no question about it. One of the most deserving inductees uh, in, um, in the history of the Hall of Fame. I mean, and it was nice to see Sting in his time in WWE didn't go uh, quite as uh, as many of his fans including myself would have hoped but um i i would think that this would close the curtain on his career do you think there's any chance at all that he works at WrestleMania i mean we we know that injury that he sustained uh, when he worked with Seth Rollins uh, a few months back 
Uh, he was scheduled to have neck surgery in December. I don't even know if if, if it ever took place. Is is this going to be the uh, the total level of his involvement in WrestleMania weekend? You think being inducted? I would have thought so. Um, you know, a few months ago we talked about the possibility of. Um, Sting and The Undertaker having um, that one final match, um, obviously first time ever match, in fact, because um, I don't think they wrestled against each other in WCW. Um, but I just don't see it happening, especially given the injury uh, or injuries that he sustained um, back in September of last year. Um, so I think it's very much a case of saying that this is um, the official drawing of the curtain on, on Sting's legendary career. And, and that'll be the extent of it. And the only time we'll see him at WrestleMania is when the Hall of Famers are paraded um, on, on the big stage. And, and, and that'll be it. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that one, Mo. Um, uh, Well-deserved, but it's unfortunate that we won't get to see uh, The Undertaker and Sting uh, perhaps close each other's careers out as uh, as we once hoped and, and thought that it could be a possibility. But... Um, Thus is the business. It's not for long, and you never know what's going to happen. So um, one quick thing about the Hall of Fame I want to bring up, too, is Jim Ross had released um, his list of, of his predictions or who he believes will be inducted into the 2016 Hall of Fame class along with Sting. Next week on the program, uh, perhaps you and I, Mo, can uh, talk about some of our picks or predictions or who we'd like to see inducted into the 2016 Hall of Fame. I know one of the names that Jim Ross brought up was Stan Hansen. I think uh, absolutely very deserving, and uh, maybe something we can chat about next week on the Pro Wrestling Index. Absolutely. Yep. So, um, with that being said, everybody, it's time for our shameless plugs as we close in on the uh, on the evening. Any final thoughts? Anything coming up that? Uh, you'd like the listeners to know about Mo? Well, I mean, one of the things I like to do, given that my book is making extremely slow progress, um, <laughs> is to um, plug um, some of the wrestling that I'm seeing from around the world. Um, obviously, a lot of our listeners predominantly watch the WWE, and um, I think it's also a good thing to um, let them know about some of the other um, great things that are going on in the wrestling business. And uh, one of the promotions that I'm very excited about is some uh, promotion called uh, Progress Wrestling here in the UK. Um, in recent weeks, I've been catching up on um, some of their shows from 2015, and they had some fantastic shows. And, you know, back in the day, I was a big fan of ECW, as, as were you, uh, Matt. And um, if there's any promotion that I've seen in recent times that captures the spirit and essence of ECW um, in terms of atmosphere, crowd interaction, um, the performance, the whole vibe about it just being a fun place to be and to be around, um, then it's progress wrestling. And um, I'm glad to say that in, in two weeks' time, I'm, I'm actually going to um, the first show of 2016 um, down in, in the capital of the UK in, England, in, in, in London, and I'm very much excited to be going down there and my first, my first progress event, and um, it'll be very exciting for me. Awesome, man. Well, I look forward to a full report. Uh, and uh, I'll have to check out some of their work as well. That sounds uh, pretty exciting. A lot of great wrestling right now in the UK and all over Europe, for that matter. So um, a lot to check out out there, uh, alternatives to uh, to WWE, which also has a lot of great things going on, especially with NXT and the uh, the WWE Network as well. Well, um, a pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you for uh, for joining me on the program again this week. Uh, if you can find out um, more about what I'm doing, uh, you can go to uh, mattapolsky.com. Also, go to realityofwrestling.com, everybody. Uh, we have some really, really big things happening uh, this month, uh, January the 30th. We open our brand-new 21,000-square-foot facility in Texas City, Texas, for our new live television tapings that will be taking place there Every month, uh, eventually, we will be going up uh, potentially to bi-monthly, maybe even weekly uh, television tapings there. Uh, and it, it's it's a beautiful facility. It's very close to being finished. I can't wait for people to see what reality of wrestling is going to bring to the table in 2016. I'm telling you, when you see it, it's going to blow your mind. Also, if you are living in the state of Texas or you're in the southern United States, you can be a part of it right now. Tickets are available at realityofwrestling.com. And a big guest that's going to help us christen that night and the brand-new facility is none other than former ECW and WWE World Heavyweight Champion. That's right. He's the whole effing show, 
Rob Van Dam will be there that night uh, to join us at Reality of Wrestling. So it's going to be very special. A lot of big surprises scheduled as well. And also, we are coming up on our 100th episode of television for the Reality of Wrestling. So that is going to be a big celebration as well. Finally, uh, Brad Gilmore, who joined us on the show earlier, he also does a weekly radio show with Booker T, WWE Hall of Famer. It's available on the Play.it app, and you can look it up on iTunes as well. It is Heated Conversations. And then Brad and I do a five-day-a-week podcast called Your Opinion Doesn't Matter, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, and you can find it at OpinionPodcast.com. So uh, that is a mouthful, but that is everything that I'm involved in as well. So thank you to everybody for listening to the show this week. And as always, thank you to Gags for the platform. We are back next week with more of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index Podcast Network. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.